0: Welcome to the Valley Advocate podcast, featuring interviews that take us deeper into the people and happenings on the local scene. For more podcasts and a closer look at what's going on in the Valley, visit us at valleyadvocate.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the Valley Advocate podcast. My name is Dave Eisenstatter. I'm the editor of the Valley Advocate. I'm here with Chris Goudreau, our associate editor, who wrote this week's cover story about the coronavirus. Coronavirus under the microscope, Western Mass hospitals, municipalities, and individuals prepare... For a possible outbreak. Hey, Chris. Hey,
0: uh, thanks for having me on. Dave. Bit of
1: a serious topic. I guess we should say at the outset that folks are saying that the possibility of an outbreak in this area is still low, and there's still more danger to be had by the normal flu than coronavirus. But it still is a topic on a lot of people's minds that a lot of people are worried about due to the um, the multiple outbreaks across the world.
0: Oh yeah, of course, uh, around the country, around the world. Uh, this is, I mean, this is. Everyone's talking about coronavirus for for good reason. And um, um, thus far in Massachusetts, there's only been two uh, confirmed cases of the coronavirus, and it remains low. Um, But it's still important for people to prepare. Specifically, um, in, in our area, we looked at local municipalities and hospitals and what they're doing to prepare.
1: Well, let's start with the hospitals. Um, you talked to somebody at Cooley Dickinson as well as Bay State. What are they doing to prepare for the coronavirus?
0: Yeah, I spoke with Dr. Estevan Garcia, Cooley Dickinson's chief medical officer, and he was telling me how um, basically they have uh, special isolation units to, if they are suspected to have the coronavirus then they, they they would be moved to a different portion of the hospital and then they're also doing like basic common sense things like screening people with questions uh whether they've been out of the country whether they have symptoms similar to coronavirus but it's um it's a really um, unique kind of disease and the fact that it's two to 14 days where you may not show any symptoms of the coronavirus. It's slow moving. It's to- slow moving and it, it has, sort of has this incubation period. If people aren't showing symptoms and they're infected, how, how are you going to know unless you test for them?
1: Another aspect of things or people are advised to practice social distancing. Not to be in contact with with uh, as many people in as many situations. It kind of sounds depressing, but maybe you could talk about kind of like what the what the advice is there.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I spoke with Dr. Sarah Hassler, uh, an infectious disease specialist at Bay, Bay State Medical Center in Springfield. She recommended people do social distancing, which is uh, exactly what it sounds like. If you have a large event and you're worried about you know getting infected with the coronavirus, just stay away from large groups. Focus on on smaller groups, or or just staying at home. At this point, I, I, I because there's only been two confirmed cases, social distancing might not be the method for you right now. But um, uh, another important thing, probably equally as important, is washing your hands because um a lot of times uh, the coronavirus can live for days on objects. So. If, if you're constantly washing your hands throughout the day, it's uh, more likely you'll kill whatever viruses are on your hands.
1: And I know there's been a lot of talk about touching your face too. That we A lot of us have compulsive habits of resting our hands on our chin or rubbing our eyes, and that's that's another no-no.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, throughout your day, just uh, try to count the m- number of times you touch your face. <laughs> it's probably a lot more than you think. Yeah. And th- that's what Dr. Hassler uh, had mentioned to me, is um, it's really hard not to touch your face. So, so the best method is uh, soap and water or um, alcohol-based hand rub uh, just to kill whatever's living on your hands, whatever infectious... Viruses or, or such.
1: You did some research on the coronavirus, which is also called COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. and kind of some of the comparisons with influenza, the flu, another viral disease.
0: Yeah, um, the flu in the United States has a mortality rate of zero point one percent, but COVID nineteen, the coronavirus, has a rate that's twenty times higher. So, so it, it is. It can be deadly. Um, right now in the United States. There's not as many people infected, paired with the flu. But uh, who knows? That might change. I mean, we we uh, we're seeing across the world how it's starting to spread, and uh, there's legitimate fear. I mean, uh, the mort- mortality rate in China is zero point seven percent for um the coronavirus uh but in wuhan china specifically where the virus emerged it's two to four percent so that's that's worrying and i think people's fears are justified but um here in the valley the risk still remains low but you know people have to be begin taking precautions
1: you also said one of the things that people have done when the virus was first announced and people were learning about it, is a lot of people went out to buy face masks. And it turns out that that's actually not that great a way to combat the disease. Yes. To keep um, yourself from getting getting it.
0: Yeah, both, both health officials, uh, Dr. Estevan Garcia and Dr. Sarah Hassler, told me that face masks really don't do much in, in terms of uh, preventing you getting the coronavirus. Uh, it, it would help uh, prevent spreading infections. But um, if you already have the disease, you'll probably self-quarantine in the hospital at that point. So it, it doesn't do, uh, the face masks don't work um, like people think they do, or like the assumption is.
1: You talked to medical officials, but you also spoke to municipal officials. And in, in Wuhan, China, as you had pointed out, they had to do a lot to respond to the disease as it came out. They actually built hospitals. What are the kind of preparations that are going on right now in municipalities in the valley?
0: My colleague uh, Louis Fieldman uh, spoke to uh, East Hampton Mayor uh, Nicole La Chapelle, and you know what they're doing, you know, is basically coordinating with public safety emergency, uh, emergency uh, departments to you know keep the lines of communication open, much like. Other municipalities uh, ac- across the area. In Northampton specifically, they're, they work with a uh, preparedness coalition called the Public Health Preparedness, uh, the Hampshire Public Health Preparedness Coalition, which is basically a leader in in the county for coordinating different aspects of the public, whether that's schools, hospitals, utilities, emergency services. So there's communication basically between all those different organizations. If there's an outbreak, specifically what they would do in in the event of of an outbreak here. One thing they're looking into, at least this week, there was uh, uh, a meeting planned between Northampton city leaders and Smith College and local schools about developing an action plan. And as part of the action plan, that might include having doctors at Cooley Dickinson make house calls. That's something that hasn't been confirmed at this point, but it it might have came out of that meeting this week, which was a closed meeting
1: to the, the general public. And the idea being there that the hospitals themselves don't want to be overwhelmed, overrun by people who think they might have coronavirus going out to possibly infect others so that doctors themselves might be doing house calls and instead of having that happen.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, currently, uh, at least in Northampton, what, what's going on is dispatchers are um, asking residents uh, who call emergency service services a list of questions, whether they've traveled, you know,
1: just to find out if there's a risk of the coronavirus. So that's another thing that's going on, too. There's municipal leaders, there's hospital experts and, and doctors. There's also individuals. One person that you spoke to is Kathy Harrison, who we've had on the podcast in the past. She wrote a book called Prepping 101. 40 steps you can take to be prepared. She's, I can assure you, not a crazy prepper, as some people have characterized people as who have bunkers. She has a really community-minded approach to being prepared in any kind of disaster. Maybe you could talk about your conversation with her. Kathy was great to, to
0: speak with. I mean, she had a lot of useful and practical suggestions and uh, you mentioned how, how she's not one of these intense preppers who are very doom and gloom. It, she, she's ac- actually the opposite of that and uh what's what's interesting is, is you know she's preparing with her own family for the coronavirus if it were to hit western mass by you know she, she has stockpiles of food and basic amenities and um, other shelf stable food to, to uh, keep her family you know
1: sustained if they had to be quarantined one so thing that I've, i i found notable so she's got oatmeal, canned tomatoes, pasta, all these food items that can last. She's also got personal hygiene items, toilet paper, sure, but also disposable gloves that she said that she would wear going to the supermarket to prevent catching the virus. So if she had to go to the supermarket, she's prepared with gloves that would help her, hopefully, avoid getting the virus herself.
0: Yeah, and, and that goes back to hand washing. I mean, if, if, you ha- if you're washing your hands and
1: you, you wear um, you know these
0: protective gloves and you take them off properly and dispose of them, you'll probably have less of the risk to get infected with a disease such as coronavirus. I, I mean, it's not a guarantee, of course, but it does help your odds, I would imagine. But Kathy Harrison told me specifically, is in, in the United States, we're not prepared for an outbreak. We're prepared for hurricanes, tornadoes, winter storms. You know, Means for like
1: power, like long term power outage. Yeah, when,
0: when the power goes out, uh, we know what we're gonna do for the most part. But um, you know, staying at home for a week, two weeks plus, she said that's more difficult for people to kind of fathom because we we live in a busy society. We all have busy lives, and if if that were to shut down, th- that would be very difficult to manage. She also worries in the United States that low-income households, if a vaccine were developed, wouldn't be able to f- afford it. And I think that's a legitimate fear, too, uh, seeing healthcare industry in this country. And specifically, we hear about very common treatments or medication just skyrocketing. And there's the, the price gouging, so...
1: I I could see that as a fear as well. The coronavirus is kind of the latest outbreak, but it, it is striking. This is something that happens over the course of history. Diseases happen, they get spread, sometimes they lead to a lot of deaths. And it's true that I think that a lot of us don't feel prepared for what could come in terms of an outbreak. Coronavirus under the microscope, Western Mass Hospitals, Municipalities, and Individuals Prepare for a Possible Outbreak. That was written by Chris Gaudreau. We'll be continuing to watch the story as it develops. Thanks a lot for speaking with me. Thank you, Div.
0: Thanks for listening, and don't forget to visit us at valleyadvocate.com.